Hosting for Your Tech Life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Well, can you believe it's Christmas? Like, in a couple of days. Um... You might even have neglected your podcast downloading and you may be listening after Christmas. If so, Happy New Year. Um, episode 311 of Your Tech Life. Thanks to the good people at Garmin. Garmin's satellite navigation, GPS technologies, trackers, fitness. They've got it all. And uh, LG OLED TV. So, lots to talk about this week. Not the least, the whole year. I mean, let's talk about 2015. Let's talk about what the heck happened. Um, I don't know, I've, written, I've thought of a couple of things that are worth reflecting on, but tweet me, say day. go on the uh, on the old Twitter, at Trevor Long, if you're new to Twitter, just go to twitter.com forward slash Trevor Long, say day. you're allowed to do that. Uh, we will also talk about a little gadget I bought for $200, which is mind-blowing, uh, for iPhone 6S users, uh, a new Facebook feature for you, a little bit more news in television, in the technology of television. Um, that we stumbled across at the end of last week. And I want to talk about energy. I want to talk about being green. I want to talk about the environment. Not really, because I'm not that much of a greenie, but I have got a conversation um, shortly with someone who is deeply involved in um, in the world of solar. And um, I'm. Uh, it's quite weird that we should be talking about it this week given some conversations I had on Twitter. So I'll share all that with you a little bit later as well. As I say, thanks to the good people at Garmin and LG OLED TVs. Let's get cracking with the last time, because I'm thinking, between you and me, let's give next week a break, because I'm going to do like four podcasts at CES at least. So I'm going to give you next week off <laughs> and myself. So let's get cracking on the final podcast of 2015. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say. But Trevor Long's the world's best techie. He's the kind of guy we picked on at school. And it wasn't fair, but he don't care, he's cool today. We say a year is a long time in technology. I mean, this has been a big one when you think about it. Now, forget the visually lacking amount of progress in tablets and phones, but we have had good progress in them. Let's think about other things. A year ago, there was no Netflix in Australia. There was no Stan. There was no Presto. They all launched this year. So... If you were going to put 2015 down for something, you'd say it was the year that streaming really became um, a viable 
um, future concept for Australian entertainment. Um, oh, I mean, there's talk of Netflix having a couple of million subscribers. There's talk of Stan having 500,000. Um, Presto are really pushing it into their Foxtel customer base as well as you know, doing a lot of marketing. So there's a lot going on in this space. It's, it's, quite, it's quite exciting, and I don't think 2016 is going to slow that down at all. Um, but, I mean, it's interesting. You know, we talked about Netflix for so long, but here we are now, and, and, and it's real. It's, it's absolutely a genuine entertainment option for people. But, again, what's challenging is how do you present that option to the average everyday person? Now, with uh, utmost respect to you, my listener, you are not the average everyday person because you're listening to podcasts. Therefore, you are most likely also at least aware of streaming and have probably sampled it. So, which begs the question, how do we educate the the other 90% of people? How do we get them to press that button on their TV or download that app to their smartphone? I'd be curious to know what you think. Forget marketing. Forget what's being done out there now. How do you think we get the message, we the the washed, <laughs> to the unwashed, you know what I mean? Um, we the people who understand streaming and what it is. How do we get that message to the to the rest of the population? You see, I've said one of the challenges with streaming is discovery. Content discovery is a challenge. You know, if you want to watch a particular movie, where is it? Uh, you don't know which service it's on. If you want to watch a particular TV show, which service is it on? Not un- unlike the way we watch television. If you want to watch Home and Away, which channel is that on again? But you very quickly remember it's on seven. Um, there's a TV guide which shows you all of the channels and all of their content. Why don't we have that with streaming? That's that's the biggest issue in my mind. See, America, yeah, they've got other services. Uh, Amazon Prime, Netflix, and you know Hulu is the catch-up service. But I just feel like Australia's got the worst end of the stick in terms of having so many great services. So where will it all be? And I would be very interested to know what you think about some, how we push streaming to the next level. And I don't mean we as in, you know, the Royal We trying to make it better for those companies. I'm just talking about it's such great content. It's 10 bucks, 15 bucks. It's great. How do we get the message out? So if you think about 2015 in that context, it's pretty amazing. Then think about Uber. Uber's now legal in New South Wales. Uber X is now regulated. Sure, it's got to go through Parliament or something, but... You get the point. You know, 12 months ago, they, they were they were starting out and were this illegal, disgraceful thing that is now legal, regulated. I mean, that's good progress. <laughs> if, if regulators, taxi companies and politicians think it's over, wait. I mean, I was reading some posts about Uber in Nevada. They've got airport access now. So how does Uber now get the next level of stuff is it airport access what is it that they want next because it won't stop they'll keep banging on but that's that's a big bit of progress virtual reality that's that's a huge thing this year uh without question in my mind the most innovative bit of technology this year now not new this year but certainly became not even mainstream as in it's in every home but certainly became uh, obtainable by the mainstream this year with samsung's gear vr at CES, we're going to see the HTC Vive. We're going to see Lenovo doing it. We're going to see a lot of virtual reality uh, in the next year. Absolutely no question. 
It's also the year of the hoverboard. We won't speak of that again. I've written about my experience. It's on the website, eftm.com.au. Um, <laughs> it's uh, a very expensive experience. Um, and I was talking to someone tonight, Peter Wells, who's a columnist for the Sydney Morning Herald. Uh, you won't hear about hoverboards in 12 months from now. They'll be gone. They're too, they're too dangerous. They're too expensive for what they are. You just won't hear about them. I think, I, I agree, it's a, it's a dead category. And that's not only because I wouldn't recommend one to anyone, but I just think that it's it's a stretch to see them, you know, really take off. So, yeah, we'll wait and see. But do you know what I mean? Like 2015, that's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty full-on year. Um, a, a pretty full-on year. So, um, I, I look back on it. I, I did predict that, that we'd be, do a bit more droning this year. Um, the drones just didn't hit mass retail. I think the, the cheap ones just couldn't get there. So I think there's still some time, maybe even more, more than a year still to come before drones really hit their straps. Um, but probably if you look back, VR was predictable. Netflix was somewhat predictable, but, you know, Stan and Presto, they're, they're great services. Interested to know what we think's next. But an interesting year for technology. And I'm sure a lot more in terms of a year in review, but I'd be interested in your feedback on the year. What, what was your big highlight of the year in terms of technology uh, in 2015? Uh, hit me up on Twitter at Trevor Long or um, go to the website eftm.com.au. Good all thanks to the good people at uh, Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation, GPS Technologies, and the uh, Vivo Fit too is a cracking little fitness tracker. We gave my son, uh, Jackson, a, a Vivo Fit, the original Vivo Fit for his birthday. He's nine. He loves it. The Vivo Fit 2 is an activity tracker with move bars and alerts. It features a one-year-plus battery. It reminds you to stay active with the move bar and an audible alert. It learns your activity, uh, and, and it proposes a personalized daily goal. It shows your steps, your calorie, your distance, the time of day, all on a backlit display and monitors your sleep. And it syncs to the Garmin Connect app to save, plan and share your progress. So get up and moving with VivoFit 2. It's the only activity tracker with a one-year plus battery life, a backlit display. Uh, it even reminds you to stay active throughout the day. So it's a cracking little product. Very, very nice, easy to find. It's at a lot of retail stores and you shouldn't pay more than $139 for it. Get yourself active with Garmin VivoFit. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Not going to be a massive show today. I We're winding up for the year, but a few other things I want to talk about. Um, so in my studio here, I have a set of shelves from Ikea, which you know, has a bit of space on top. So I know it sounds ridiculous, but I had a spare 27-inch monitor that I'd bought some time ago, and it was just lying around. So I, I mounted it on the wall, upright, you know, kind of portrait mode. And I put a Lenovo laptop up there, and I was running Google Analytics. So it was basically showing a web page. Now, that laptop's a, not a cheap bit of kit, so, you know, going to waste sitting up there. So I thought, I'll, I'll get some use out of that laptop, and I'll, I'll put a computer up there. But I, don't have a, I haven't had a computer, like a tower, for some time. So what computer should I buy? I just need to look at the web. And then I remembered uh, meeting with uh, someone from Intel. Um, probably a year ago, maybe less. And they showed me this little thing, little tiny device. And at the time, I think it was called a compute stick. 
And they asked me what I think it should be worth and what, it, you know, oh, I said maybe 150, 100. Anyway, I found one at a, at a website, which I have no affiliation with, called PC Case Gear. Uh, and it was $199 plus postage. So $218 later, this thing arrived at my house. And it is the height of a passport. It's it's small enough to grip in the palm of your hand. And it has a single output, which is HDMI. And you plug it into the HDMI port of your TV. You plug USB power into it. You connect a modem, uh, sorry, a, a keyboard and mouse via Bluetooth, or in my case, hardwired USB and a and a USB dongle, because it's got two USB ports and a micro SD expansion slot. And you've got a computer. $200, and I got a, a whole computer, Windows 10 running on it, and and a fully functional, you know, computer with Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, um, Intel Atom processor, 32 gig of onboard storage, 2 gig of RAM. This is not a computer for gaming. It's not a computer for photo um, editing, but it is a computer for putting, you know, movies on and watching movies on your big screen TV. It's a computer for surfing the web, doing emails, and it's $200. It blew my mind. And frankly, I was surprised. It blew a few people's minds because I very popular uh, topic this week on the website. It's called the Intel PC on a Stick. Uh, I found mine at PC Case Gear. They're now one seventy nine, so under two hundred dollars, uh, including delivery. Probably uh, after you after you add on delivery, still be under two hundred dollars. And just awesome, very cool little thing. Um, couldn't recommend it more if you just need to do basic digital signage or browsing the web. You could put it on your on your mother's or grandmother's TV. And give them a wireless uh, keyboard mouse. And they can be surfing the web right there on the TV. You could take it with you when you travel with a little micro SD card full of movies on. You could watch all your movies in the hotel room or, or apartment or wherever you are. So cool. So easy. So highly recommended. It's the PC on a stick from Intel. Uh, you can check it out. A whole bunch of info about it at eftm.com.au. Do you remember when the iPhone 6S launched, they uh, they announced a uh, feature called Live Photos. Now, these were the photos you take, and it takes a little video before and after the snap. Um, very cool idea, but in, in practice, very hard to do. You end up, you know, snapping so many photos, you don't get the full-length little three-second video. Um, how do you share it with people? It's only iPhone users that can see it. So it's a bit bit of a tough one. I've looked through a lot of my photos and none of them are any good. I found one where we were, the kids were playing cricket on the beach. It was kind of pretty cool, capturing of the moment plus then some motion. So it's not easy to do, but if you are getting good at your live photos, you can now share them on Facebook. Now, it's going to roll out over the next couple of weeks, but when you upload a, a live photo, it'll actually show you that it's on, on the screen. It'll indicate that it's a, a, an iPhone live photo and you'll be able to share it uh, to other people as an actual live photo. So that's a cool new feature that's just launched today and roll out um, in the coming weeks to all Facebook users. But um, yeah, there'll be, I might try and write that one up for EFTM as well, but um, a great little uh, extra feature for iPhone 6S and 6S Plus users on uh, Facebook as of today. And we do it all thanks to LG OLED TV. LG OLED TV isn't just a new TV. It's a whole new category of television. Why is it different? Well, conventional LED LCD TVs use a technology that includes a backlight so the black scenes are kind of diluted by lighting that often makes the black look charcoal grey. 
An LG OLED TV has no backlight, so it delivers pure black, and it comes with that explosive colour. Take the OLED Challenge in-store now and see the difference for yourself. Uh, you can find them online. Uh, just look up LG OLED TV. You can see my full review at eftm.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Now, quickly, before we talk energy, uh, green and solar and all those things, uh, you may notice your TV's prompted you once again to rescan for channels or found a new channel and things like that because Channel 7 have launched a new channel now. Interesting. But here's the thing, though. We don't know what it is. <laughs> it's just... It's channel 76, and it just says, new channel coming soon. What a tease. Now, I can tell you that it is being broadcast in MPEG-4, so you do need a newer television to see it. Um, The same issue that you may or may not have with uh, the channel 9 HD. Uh, If you don't have an MPEG-4 compatible television, mainly ones sold and built after 2009, you won't be able to view channel 76. Now... There's no information from Channel 7 as to what they're doing. My information is that they don't, sorry, they they have the rights to the NFL in HD. So that's why they're showing the NFL on on 7 Mate, their HD channel. So if they were to switch off 7 Mate's HD and turn it into SD and then put HD as a simulcast of the main channel, they'd have to show the NFL instead of Sunrise, and that's not going to happen. So we think they have to wait until the NFL season's over. Interesting. I don't know. Uh, the other big speculation is that it's uh, it'll be ready in time for the tennis in January. So tennis in high definition. Goodness only knows. We'll have to wait and speculate. But if you're wondering why your television's asking you again to rescan, that's probably why. And if you haven't rescanned, uh, you might want to do a rescan and you'll get channel 76. No audio, just a slide. And um, hopefully soon we'll find out what it is they're planning at Channel 7 on their new HD channel and if they're going to follow the Channel 9 model and uh, simulcast in HD and also launch an all-new channel. Talking technology without the jargon. Your Your Tech tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Anytime you want, you can get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. Now, interesting conversation I had on Twitter on the weekend coincided with a press release that I got yesterday. And it just meant that I had to have this conversation tonight on the show. Now, uh, the long and the short of it is I I came across a a conversation in my Twitter feed talking about um, power walls and home batteries and all that kind of jazz. And I kind of chimed in on it and said, what is the deal with solar these days? And got into this conversation with people because I just don't get it, to be honest. And I love the idea of the Tesla power wall, um, you know, a battery at home. And there was one point where someone asked me what my what my bill was, what my usage was. And I said, you know, how much kilowatts a day I was using. And they were shocked at how much it was. And someone said, I'm, you must have electric hot water. And I said, I got ducted air con. And we had this conversation about switching to solar hot water and saving me a fortune. And in the same conversation about these Tesla home batteries. And then yesterday, a, a release came out from Solar Heart. Now, my next guest may be slightly offended by this, but I didn't even know Solar Heart still existed. I remember seeing solar hot water systems on the roofs of homes. I feel like the 70s and 80s was big for that. Um, certainly when I was a kid in the 80s, it was. I just feel like they were the, they were the cool thing to have. Um, and here's Solar Heart announcing a collaboration with Tesla Energy. And uh, Solar Heart Steve Cranch is on the line to have a chat about that. G'day, mate. How are you doing? Uh, good, thanks, Trevor. Yourself? Mate, very well. I, it, it seemed 
symbiotic or one of those big words that, that this should happen to me at the same time as I had this conversation. Um, let's go back 10 steps before we talk about the Tesla thing. So, you know, in, at its heart, is Solar Heart still the company that it was many years ago, putting the, you know, big hot water system on the roof with solar panels that's churning it up and heating our hot water? Well, glad, I'm glad you mentioned that, Trevor. Solar Heart has been around for a long time. And in fact, we started in 1953 when we first pioneered our solar water heater that you're probably referring to with mm. the uh, tank on the roof. Those systems, we've sold over a million of those systems um, around the world and uh, they are still sold today, would you believe? Mm. Um, and it's mainly because they're so popular and, and just so reliable. We also have um, um, other systems, solar water heaters with um, collectors on the roof and then the tank stored on the ground. Uh-huh. So those are for the people that would prefer to have, you know, a, a slim line, more aesthetically pleasing perhaps, uh, look on their house yeah. and, and then still have the benefits of solar water heating. Yeah, right. But in 2010, we uh, we launched into photo, photovoltaics or, or solar power. And uh, that's when the company has really started to go into a different direction and, and uh and uh, we're really pleased to announce our, um, our collaboration with Tesla Energy with the uh, the Powerwall that you're referring to uh, just uh, just a moment ago. Because the the you know the solar panels on the roof, and again, I don't know the politics, and frankly, don't care. But you know, there was this period where there was uh, you know great benefits, government subsidies, and all those kind of things to put the the things on the roof. But that hasn't died away. It's still very popular to to switch to solar energy in you know in part or in full, and all those kind of things. So, is it Let's let's look at the whole uh, cycle here. Um, obviously, solar hot water is a uh, cost-saving initiative on its own because electric, you know, from the grid power is more expensive, and therefore, you know, turning over your hot water every day, there's a saving there and an upfront cost. And the same theory really applies with the same base technology, isn't it? The solar panels to your home electricity, and that's the switch to solar. And how big is that market now? Forgetting the Tesla Powerwall for the moment. Is the market still as as ripe as it was when the government was big heavy on it, or is it is it a bit tougher now to get people to wax solar on the roof? So it's a complicated question, but I'll answer it as simply as I can. The solar hot water market was probably at its peak in 2009, 2010. Mm-hmm. And at that stage, there, I think one year there was over 200,000 solar water heaters installed. Now, the inherent demand for solar water heating is still strong. And uh, we, we still have a very solid business with solar water heating. But solar power came along in about 2010 and really took off. And today there are about one and a half million homes with solar power systems on their rooftops. So it really, Australia has led the world in terms of the, the, the uptake of solar power, uh, solar PV. Uh, so with the two technologies together, I think it's a, it's a really a really effective way to reduce your uh, your energy bills, which, as you know, Trevor, are going up every year mm-hmm. and uh, becoming a bigger slice of um, of our of our budget. So, you know, as uh, the cost of living goes up. So yes, it's it's changed. It's it's uh, moved across uh, to solar power, but solar hot water is still still very popular, and we sell a lot of systems. Um, to uh, to many families mm. replacing and their uh, their old solar hot water system, you know, sometimes twenty or thirty years mm. later, so yeah. they still come back to us to uh, to get another solar water heater. And solar solar, just forgetting hot water, but solar panels, solar power on the roof is still popular today, with or without the government's kind of involvement that was that was there a few years ago. 
Yes, to be to be perfectly frank, the government were very generous and probably over generous yeah. with some of the schemes they had in place. Um, the scheme there is still a, a government incentive in place in the form of renewable energy certificates, mm-hmm. and that's all um, related to the renewable energy target that we've that we've set as a, as a nation. Uh, that affects that reduces the, the upfront price of a solar water heater by over a thousand dollars. And PV systems, depending on the size of the system, up to uh, $3,000. So the, the incentives are still there, but they're yeah. much more, um, uh, I would say, in, in step with the market. Yeah. And the other thing that's happened is when solar power was first incentivized, the systems were a lot more expensive. They've actually come down quite a bit in price in the last three or four years. So the upfront cost is actually often a lot less than what a, what a household might expect. And of course, they get the upfront, they get the savings as soon as they install the solar system. So Tesla is an unbelievable company, and and you can't help but respect Elon Musk. I love the cars, but I, I think I love the philosophy more than I do the cars. And I'm not greeny. I'm not, you know, I'm not here to save the world. I do my bit as I can. I just love the idea that he's trying to change something. He's trying to take a different approach. And I remember when they announced the Powerwall, they also put out an infographic-style thing that basically showed the number of the amount of rooftop space that needed to be covered to just get rid of fossil fuels. And when you look at it, you said a million homes. I mean, that must be you know nearly. We must be getting close to ten percent of Australian homes with solar. So the idea of switching to a renewable energy like solar and then storing it in a in a Powerwall, which is essentially and I'll dumb it down, but it's you know it's a battery on the wall that just stores the energy that's created in this case by the sun and allows you to draw down that energy, um, you know when when maybe the sun's not available or, or depending on on how the technology's rolled out. It is a pretty darn exciting time in terms of uh, electricity and energy, isn't it? Absolutely, and Solar Hard as pioneers of solar water heating in this country and and around the world is really proud to be uh, associated with Tesla in this exciting new venture because they definitely are pioneers in, in battery technology. They, um, we do see this as a game changer. We yeah. see this as consumers just taking that next step to uh, to getting more out of their, their solar PV system on the roof, a uh, bit more independence from the energy grid. It still does require that you are connected to the grid. Um, but that's um, that's because it's it's in a more more affordable technology than if you were trying to set up something that's completely standalone. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we really we really see it as, as really exciting. You can put a larger system on your house. You can generate as much power as you can during the day. If you're not there to use it, you're at work. Well, let's store it in the battery for you, and then you can come home at night and you can enjoy some of that um, power, free energy from the sun at night time which I think is, it really is the next, uh, next big change and, 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 as I said before, a game-changer in solar technology in this country and around the world. Yeah, and an idiot, idiot's guide is basically, you, as you say, you, you can produce as much energy as you like during the day, but if you aren't there to use it, it kind of goes to waste. Uh, um, so, so by storing it for your own use later on in the evening or whenever it might be, you're basically creating your own off-peak electricity, aren't you? That's exactly right. And when you excuse me, when you um, don't use the power during the day, it actually does generally go back to the uh, power grid. Mm. But you get paid these days because the incentives have come right back. You get paid very little for that power. So effectively, if you put on a large system today without a battery storage system to go with it, you're effectively providing power companies 
with uh, very cheap um, power. So um, we would prefer that money was in the consumer's back pocket. Mm. It, you know, I know, I think we all know what solar panels look like on the roof. Um, and they are, you know, pretty slimline. They're a good-looking thing. It's, it's, it's not like it's an eyesore at, at any stage. And I don't think the hot water systems were either. But the batteries, I mean, they're a pretty unique thing. I mean, what, what do you think? People are going to whack them inside the garage? Are we going to see them on the side of the house where the, where the meters? What do you think? Where do they live in, in the home? Yeah, I guess it depends on every, every household configuration. Um, a garage would be an ideal location. They are weatherproof, though. Not not ideal in direct sunlight. So you'd normally put one around near where your meter where you need a meter box is. Um, mm. That's often on the south side of the house in in the southern hemisphere. So um, they can go inside or outside. We think there'll be a little bit of um, a bit of a badge of honour on some homes. Yes, you exactly. Know, dare I say it? So uh, they do look really good. It's all well uh, and good to have solar panels. I've got a Tesla Powerwall. You know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we do think there'll be a bit of that, and we've got some demand already, and we, we, we don't expect the first delivery until February, so it's great to see that people are really, uh, really interested and in, so interested in this technology, and in particular this brand, mm. and um, and the, the, the Solar Heart customers have seen a natural fit between uh, Tesla and Solar Heart. How long have you been with Solar Heart, Heart Steve? Uh, just on 10 years. So I, gonna, well. I came along just before the last big uh, change, I guess, in the in the industry, and that was when all the incentives came along. Mm-hmm. So, it's, you know, it's exciting to see another growth phase, but this growth phase is more technology-driven uh, rather than government-incentive-driven, which I think is a much healthier way to be for any industry. I, I digress, and I'll finish with this, but it must be exciting in a company like Solar Heart that has such a long history to a still be around and still be part of innovation. Do you know what I mean? Like you could still be just be churning out hot water systems and you know probably making money off them. But by keeping up and by jumping ahead and and doing these kind of partnerships, it's it's kind of really exciting. And I think the advantage that you have, which I'm assuming is the reason, one of the reasons you're doing this, is you have that brand. I, I mean, I don't know how high the brand awareness is, but certainly if you're sitting there looking at four companies and one of them is Solar Heart, most people would know what you are. Exactly, and that and that's that is our advantage. What a what a one of our um, I guess our strengths is 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 a bit of a weakness as well because people know us so well as a solar hot water company. Yeah. They don't know us as a, a solar power company or or a battery company. So one of our challenges is to ensure that we get the message out there that we are continuing to innovate and expand our range. And I guess we like to see ourselves as the one stop renewable shop or the one stop solar shop. And that and that's the position we're trying to take. And that way, when the Solar Heart um, professional comes around and has a discussion with a householder, they can talk from a an unbiased view that gets the best solar solution for that customer, rather than just selling the products that we have on our on on our shelf. We've got a wide range of different technologies, and it really is exciting. And what I what I really like about working at Solar Heart is that uh, most people you speak to. Um, uh, are really excited about the innovation as well, and you know can't wait to get a Tesla on the side of their their house as well as uh, you know, any other innovation we have. So I always see that as a mark of uh, how much you enjoy working for a company is how many employees and, and dealers and distributors that you have that also want to put that product on their house. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the, you know that is a real uh, a, a real mark that uh, you're, you're working for a company that, that you're, you're proud to be a part of. 
Good on you. It's a great initiative. It's a great partnership. And, um, you know, long live the Solar Heart brand based on, on, on this kind of innovation. Uh, thanks for the chat, mate. Thanks very much, Trevor. Talking technology without the jargon. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. And with that, I turn the page of yet another, well, turn yet another page in my book. Episode 311 is behind us. CES is approaching fast. I've I've been broadcasting here from the other side of my desk. I moved the pod, the studio over so that I could check that it was all portable. We're going to take it all to CES so that we can have the best quality we can probably bring you over there from the EFTM studio on the show floor of the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. We'll do that thanks to the good people at Netgear, uh, as well as Garmin and LG. Uh, it's great to have your company. It has been awesome uh, to have your company throughout 2015. I say to you regularly, and I mean it genuinely, uh, it's critical that I know you're there. It's great to hear from you. The engagement that I get from you on Twitter and, and Facebook and Instagram and, and email just makes me feel like I'm doing this for someone and something, and it's great. Uh, it's a good, rewarding uh, thing that way, and it's good to help people. So if you've got a question about technology or you know someone who does, just send them my way. That's okay. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, the username is TrevorLongAU. You can follow me on Twitter. The username is TrevorLong. You can go on Facebook. You can find me there, uh, facebook.com forward slash Trevor Long. And you can always go to the website, eftm.com. You do tell your friends, uh, tell your family. I don't care who you tell. It's just nice to share the word. Uh, thank you uh, all and sundry for 2015. I am so excited about 2016. I just can't begin to tell you. Uh, I'll finish up at SBS at the end of um, February and it will give me more time to find great content for this show, uh, make more content for the internet. Uh, you'll see my mug more because I'll make more videos. You'll st see that starting at CES. And just generally, I'll be in your phone a lot more maybe. Um, thank you for your support and encouragement and, and all those things. And, and most importantly, thank you to, to Garmin for their uh, long-term ongoing support because without them, it would be even more difficult to get up and do the show every week. Um, so thank you for making it uh, viable for me to do. And uh, thank you, the listener, for downloading when you do, for um, for listening when you do, and for supporting the people that support the show and uh, and those products and services because that's how they get reward and that's how they get recognition and that's what makes it pay off for them because you're real people uh, and they're real companies and you're there to provide and learn from me, hopefully, and uh, and look at the products that are, that are showcased that way. Great to have your company throughout 2015. Uh, I wish you, your family, um, everyone around you uh, the safest and happiest Christmas and New Year period. I'm going to catch the train on Boxing Day, take my kids up, see my mum on the train, which will be a bit of fun. And then we'll have a couple of days um, nutting through things before we fly off to Las Vegas. The whole EFTM team, it's going to be massive. I am so excited about CES. It is the start of a very new uh, chapter, and I can't wait for you to join me. Um, follow me on Twitter. Say good day. Happy Christmas, Merry New Year, and we'll talk to you in 2016. This has been Your Tech Life for 2015. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long.